Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Palm Wine Central. I'm one of your hosts, Uncle AK. And with me um, in our recording session today, I'm with my brothers, fellas, Smoking Joe and Uncle Aziz. No, Bossman Aziz, what the hell am I saying? What's up, fellas? <laughs> What's happening, bro? Uncle Aziz is cool. Too. That's the dancer, right? That's that dude that we dancing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, that's Uncle Aziz. <laughs> His energy is contagious. I love him, man. Man, Uncle Aziz, man, he cracks me up, dog. One of his favorite clips was the one where he he literally shut down traffic just to dance. And everybody's looking like, who the hell is this guy? And, you know, the black folks were, you know, pulling over and they're like, hey, hey, hey. The white folks were just driving past, just looking like, I was like, yeah, that goes Karen. Yeah, Karen, Karen. Anyways, he just kept doing his thing, man. So definitely good, you know, good spirited dude, man. Shout out to Uncle Aziz, man. Yeah. How y'all doing, fellas? Man, happy Tuesday. Good, good, good. Yeah, man, it's a new week, new opportunities. Yep. Happy Tuesday, happy new month. Shout out to everybody who was born in the month of February. Happy birthday. Um, Valentine's Day is coming up for you, the lovers. You know what I mean? You guys do your thing. Um, be safe, you know, wrap we it wish up. wish you the best. The lovers. <laughs> the lovers. He said we wish yeah. you the best. <laughs> no beef. <laughs> Oh man, boss man, Aziz man. Anyways, man, yeah, yeah. Do you guys have any Valentine's dates? Uh, we'll see. Hmm. We'll see. Nah, I like smiles on faces, so I might surprise some people. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I don't know who Valentine is. I don't even know how this whole thing started. So I'm African to the core, man. You know, back home, we never knew what Valentine's <laughs> Day was. So you know, yeah, I can miss me with that shit, man. I don't got time for that. He's a guy that's convincing you to put spend some money on somebody you care about. Right. That's what he does. Man, nah. Even Valentine. Even 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 them dudes who, who are called Valentine, I don't even think they take girls out on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Anybody named Valentine, you have to prove the worth of your name this year. It's 2021, bro. Take a picture of your date. Take a picture of what you did. Say my name is Valentine. And I'm here to show you how to do it on Valentine's Day. Let's start a challenge like that. Valentine's Day challenge. Mm. Anybody named Valentine? Valentine name challenge. Matter of fact, you guys should start a challenge like that. But Joe, man, what you got for us? Let's start rumbling. Um, yeah, let's, let's, let's start off uh, like we mentioned. Um, I was kind of listening back to our last episode. I know I said some crazy stuff, um, especially regarding singlehood. So I want to clear the air a little bit. Um, just to say, you know, some of those comments were kind of off the wall. And I kind of realized listening back, um, you know, just doing some personal reflection that, you know, you get to a point, um, and what I'm referencing, I was actually, I, I dropped a quote, um, from Jay-Z, uh, in reference to, uh, I use that as my basis for singlehood, but I'm saying you get to a point of, uh, age and maturity where, you know, you just got to make wiser decisions be a little bit more um, thoughtful with what you say and what you do move in a certain way. So yeah, we just don't want to set a bad tone with anything that anybody might've heard, but building off that note, um, I was actually, I had a good weekend. I don't know about you guys, but I had a good weekend was really chilled. I did a little staycation vibe, uh, Airbnb style. And, uh, one of the things that stood out, I was actually watching, binge watching some TV. Was, this is my version of Ratchet TV, by the way. I was watching um, some Gordon Ramsay, and um, it was uh, Kitchen Nightmares. I don't know if you guys have heard it. 
but um, I watched like a whole bunch of episodes. And one of the things that stood out to me was like, he's so confrontational, but he does it in a way where he wants to draw out someone's emotions. Um, you either see the person, uh, the restaurant owner getting angrier or, or just breaking down and crying. And at the end of the day, confronting those emotions is a person's way of not only justifying that they have passion for the things that they're doing, but it also, it's that turning point where they now start to put in the effort they need to turn things around. And the reason why I brought that up is because I, it made me think, do we as men do a good enough job of confronting each other um, in, a, in a positive and constructive way? And let's start off by saying, you know, in a sort of professional or peer-based setting before we get into anything like relationship or opposite sex-based. What do you guys think? Hmm. That's a loaded question. I, I guess it's on the, uh, the level of friendship and the comfortability you have with the person, right? Mm -hmm. Me personally, um, I think that um, I'm not afraid to confront anybody about anything, but a lot of people might second-guess confronting me for whatever reason. And the reality is that I really care about people's opinions, so I will, I will hear your opinion. And uh, if it makes sense, I will definitely apply it. But if it mm -hmm. doesn't, if it doesn't apply, I'll let it fly. But I think that even that is difficult for a lot of people. A lot of people would rather talk in corners and talk about a person than talk to that person about what the problem is. And, and rather than that, I'd rather just confront the issue. I think that's what manhood really anyway. Like, there's so many things mm -hmm. to talk about in manhood that men do that aren't really manly, and that's one of them. We got to be able to go out of our way to have conversations, even if they're uncomfortable, especially if they elevate us. And just a piggyback of what, as you said, you know, shameless plug, even though it's not even in motion right now, but it's in the works, right? I don't know if I just wanted to even say this, but man, let me give this a shout out because he has a pod coming up and I'm only doing this because this is just to tell you that you got to produce, you know what I mean? You got to produce. So he got a pod coming up mm -hmm. called Sunday School and Sunday School, you know what, as is you explain to the masses what Sunday School is going to be about, then I will go from there. I mean, to be completely honest with you, Sunday school is really about uh, me being God's son here on earth and really introducing people to him in a different way, right? And just giving people an opportunity to kind of see Christ through different people and different lenses as life happens. So different people come on, they talk about their experiences. And the coolest thing about all of it is we get to see God show up, how he showed up in their lives. And the best part about all of it is that because he did it in my life and their life and your life, he's do it again and again and again so it becomes a testimony of source that you can review repeat watch over and over again so we just want to spread love yep so with that said right <clears throat> there's a part of it where you know as he's just trying to just talk to his fellow brothers men you know about god about um being a man from as his standpoint you know what mm -hmm. i mean um that's key before everybody comes rushing with knives and forks and everything um <laughs> This topic is really loaded and heavy for me because mm. as I speak, there's a lot of family, like my family and friends that I don't, especially men that I don't talk to because of one ego to, well, misunderstandings. And that comes with ego that comes with, mm. uh, oh, you think you're bigger than me, you know, and stuff like that. Right. So with that said, the breakdown for me is this. As men, we should be able to say everything we feel to another man without them feeling some type of way, mm -hmm. right? I could go to a woman and say, yo, this is how I'm feeling. And she will start tripping and all that. 
I mean, at that given point, I would just understand that she's not seeing it from a man's view or stance, right? So I got to break it down for her to better understand. But when it comes to the guys, I don't really feel like we need to break stuff down because nine out of 10 times, we doing the same shit. Nine out of 10 times, we in the same environment. So you already know what I'm talking about, right? But most people now get mad when you challenge that character. When a man challenges another man's character, there's a problem there, especially if they already feel, I don't know if it's, the word is inferior towards you, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know, man, how do we get to a place where it's okay to, t- to tell your brother that, you know what, I think you're fucking up, bro. And so far, this is why I say so. And I feel like if you take X, Y, and Z steps, life will be a lot better. Not that this, not that they should per se, but it's a recommendation, right? It's, yo, I think, I really think you're fucking up. Or I really think that you could do whatever it is that you're doing a lot better, right? Or you're not attaining the hype because you're not seeing it like this. And also too, another question is, if Aziz has already done X, Y, and Z, and I'm about to do X, Y, and Z, why is it so hard for me to approach Aziz and say, yo, Aziz, how did you do that? Mm. Can you teach me? Can you show me? Mm. How, why is that really like, hard? Like the, the, the flip side to it, right? The, the confrontation, you know, is one side, but also, um, like we've been talking about previously, the collaborative part is the other side, right? Um, and I think either way, there's supposed to be a point of growth and you can probably even argue if if you take the time to get over the confrontation phase you'll get to the collaboration phase quicker right Mm -hmm. because you know who you're dealing with it's no longer um you're not kind of beating around the bush anymore but i think for me one of the things that i think of is like um and you you made the point by saying that people sometimes have differences in i guess their approach and how they handle things Um, And I think it's just a matter of us having to, one way or another, whether it's in small instances or, you know, small and frequent instances where we challenge each other almost on a regular basis so that we can kind of get comfortable with the idea of someone checking us or and and knowing that it comes from a a positive place. Um, Just to speak on that, I know uh, recently I was in in a clubhouse chat room and you know, the guy, everybody, you know, all the guys kind of took turns kind of, you know, chewing each other out. But it was in a kind of joking manner, right? Um, it was kind of confrontation disguised as a joke. Um, mm-hmm. But it was good because you learn to kind of take that pressure and that heat um, and kind of get over it quicker so that you, as, as they're joking about it, they're joking about something that's true. And you then can handle that truth in a way that you understand that, okay, that might keep coming up. How can I start addressing that? But um, just to piggyback off that, um, you know, AK, you mentioned about the difference in, in having that com- the confrontation or conversation with the man versus a woman. And just to speak to that point, do you think that we keep that same energy when it comes to, um, I guess, calling each other out on things that might be, how can I put it? Uh, reprehensible, I guess. So, for example, when I brought up the point earlier when we started the podcast about, you know, kind of checking myself about what I said um, previously, um, and it was in reference to women and it was kind of derogatory, that's why I kind of wanted to address that. Um, do you think we as men do enough 
a good enough job of addressing those sort of issues, calling each other out? Not as much as some people wanted to to be, especially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would just say women. Not as much as women want us to, yeah. you know, check each other. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> by the end of the day, uh, like I was saying, pigeon man, this life no balance. You understand? This mm-hmm. life no balance. I could mm-hmm. be checking the guy, but are the women too checking their own counterparts? You know what I'm saying? For mm-hmm. me, I'm more of like, man, what about your lane? What about you guys? You guys' is lane. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about our lane. Mm-hmm. For me, one is mm-hmm. more of, yo, my nigga, are you walking in your purpose? What is your why? Why are you yeah. on earth? Mm-hmm. If you haven't figured that part out, why would I be bashing you about everything else? I don't really know what be going on in people's lives these days. Everybody be so secretive mm-hmm. these days that nobody really sits and say, yo, this is my struggles. Like, for example, before we started this pod, I was telling you guys about something I was struggling with, right? Like, these days, nobody really come up and tell you that, yo, these are my struggles. So if I see somebody mm-hmm. doing something and, and and I don't ask, I cannot just straight up assume. You know what I mean? Well, for me, I hate assumptions. I hate when people assume. Like, just rather ask a question. But in a given moment, for me, I would rather ask a question that, yo, fam, why are you doing why are you doing this? Why are you doing what you're doing? For them to explain to me what they're doing, what they're doing, then I go from there. And again, it also takes two to tango, right? So in a given situation, and I'm just saying takes two takes two to tango because with that question comes the whole relationship of man, man versus woman, or man with woman, right? So in given situations like that, it takes two to tango. So I don't really know what's going on there. So I can't really just jump in and say, oh, X, Y, and Z. I have to really sit down and listen to understand then take action unless a man is just straight up violating a woman be it beating or whatever and then I'm like yo son stop that shit but if it's none of that there's a conversation that needs to be had same way as if we're in relationships and it's speak about communication understanding it's the same thing as with men friendships it takes a lot of communication understanding what do you say Aziz Oh man, it's it's cool that you you went there because I was kind of to, and and my my stance was like vulnerability, right? Because that's a buzzword that's thrown around, but we often don't talk about it as men, right? And and mm-hmm. me is like, why is it such a problem for us to be vulnerable? Like one thing I admire about women is that they love throwing that word around around each other. You can tell that they support each other, but whatever they're going through, but when guys each other for whatever reason we don't and we start to like scream and, and narrate what's really going on so we never really come to a conclusion that actually can help us and i think that's part of the problem because not only does it not that situation that group of guys it actually plays into other areas of our life whether it be with whether it be with family etc etc these things have a carryover effect that will that will literally ruin things in other areas of our life check them so we kind of to have these discussions, we need to do a lot more. We need to create these quote unquote safe spaces where we can have these dialogues as men and support each other, each other up. Um, you know, I definitely hear two things. One sec, Joe. Uh, I just want to say, well, mm-hmm, go ahead. You know, I, I think that in 2021, right, we have created that safe space for men to be vulnerable. I really want to believe that. But the idea here is, well, for me, for the way I'm thinking it, it's just that ego thing, fragile ego. 
if mm-hmm. most people can just mm-hmm. let go of that, right, and go into conversations without guns blazing, mm-hmm. then we'll have productive conversations. But the minute you come into a conversation feeling like you're already being attacked, there's nothing, even if you are vulnerable to the T, it's still going to feel like an attack to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So in coming into a conversation, willing to learn and on learn certain things and because every day when we talk, you know what I mean? There's something that I pick up, you know, it might be, yo, that the way that dude articulated whatever he said, yo, that's magical. How the hell did he do that? You know what I mean? Or why is he thinking like that? What caused him to think like that? You know, that that moment is when I'll be like, yo, Aziz, I'm thinking this. Well, what is, does that make sense to you? And then you'll break it down like, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z, and then we'll go from there. You know, if we create, like you said, create a safe haven, if we create that space where it's okay for us to talk about business, how to mm-hmm. invest, mm-hmm. Um, how to put money together and buy that apartment property. Now, I feel like that will bring us a lot closer mm-hmm. than really vulnerability. Not to say that we don't need it. We need it a lot. But even in even in our own space, bro, I feel like we talk about things without really talking about them. But it's intention too, how we're saying it and the other person is listening to say, yo, I think that person is crying for help. Mm. You know, I think that person is crying for help and, you know, ask the question even if they're not saying it verbatim. Like, yo, are you saying that you need help because I'm for that, 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 that? And then go from there. But nine or ten times when we just sit and, you know, there's alcohol, there's hookah and everything else. Hey, man, it's ambiance. Everything else out the window. <laughs> but that's some good stuff, Aziz. Thank you, bro. Yeah. Um, just to piggyback off those two things, um, one of the things that I heard in that was just this idea of, um, you know, us just taking the time to not gloss over certain things, um, especially when you talk about vulnerability. Um, it makes me sort of think to, um, you know, conversations that I've had recently where I felt like maybe we miss out on a level of connection by not introducing that vulnerability. Um, and I, I say that in reference to conversations I've had recently because I had, you know, friends or guy friends that I was talking to where um, it's almost like they were actually checking in on me. It wasn't about, you know, the wins as much as, you know, wins and achievement as much as it was, you know, sort of mental uh, frame frame of mind and, um, you know, just things that were I was going through um, and being able to speak about those things, especially because, like we said, it's different when you speak to them uh, about a few, uh, with a woman versus with a man, just because, you know, your brother has a little bit more, um, a bit more of an ability to lift you, right? So when we're talking about checking each other, it's like, how do we elevate one another? And AK, you made a good point by saying it's difficult for a guy who doesn't know his own purpose and he's not on a certain level to check someone else, especially if, you know, you're kind of in tandem with one another. You're both making the same mistakes. It's kind of like monkey see monkey do. Well, to check someone, you don't know the better way. So I think it does also, you know, hard back to that sort of pride instance where if we're not surrounding ourselves with the kind of men that can elevate us. We're not even putting ourselves in a position to have men around us that can check us accordingly. 
you know. Um, so maybe between us, yeah, sure, we can kind of do the whole vulnerability thing, but that portion of leveling up comes from um, the higher up, so to speak. Um, do you guys have anything else to add to that or can jump into the next point? I like what you said there, bro. That's where I was going. That's the first thing that came to my mind as I was hearing everybody speak. We need mentors. We need mature mentors. We need mature examples. We need mature leaders. We need mature men that we look up to and say, you know what? You've been here before. Like, this is what How should I approach this? How did you do this? And then we need, in turn, those people to reciprocate and be so vulnerable with us that they're open, honest enough to say, I've been here and you're going to get through it. Steps that I took. And until we get there, it's like you said the same monkey see monkey. Yep. Yeah. And you see, yeah. and you see relationships. You know, um, people make relationships and break them. For example, you know, today you'll meet boy meets boy, the smoking hooker, the drinking. Tomorrow is, oh yeah, that's my dude, that's my guy, man. You know, next you know it's a birthday, they posting them on the gram, yo, my brother, my da da da. But then when it comes to that one crucial moment when you guys don't see eye to eye then it's not your brother anymore. Or, you know, once you guys have had conversations and your differences now have really, you know, been put on the table, it's like, oh, now I'm, I'm not fucking with dude no more. Why? Because you never got the time in the first place to really even see who or what this person is about. You know what I mean? So now you are, you, you're just making acquaintances and breaking them and making acquaintances and breaking them, doing the same thing, but expecting different results. What is that? Mm-hmm. And I think that really speaks to, you know, this sort of universal concept of what a relationship is. Because when I hear you say that, you know, that's that's kind of the, the trope that people say when guy meets a girl, he doesn't take the time to get to know her. So why is he surprised when he sees that they don't fit? Right. But the same applies when men are interacting with one another, right? Like you expect to be homies, but if you don't actually know who you're dealing with, especially because there's going to come a time when you might expect certain things from them and only to realize that they don't have the level of responsibility or maturity to be there when you actually need it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So you really got to know who you're dealing with. Man, buttons are going to be pushed as men. Kid you mm-hmm. not. Buttons going to yeah. be pushed, you know? I could be sitting right here, I could say, Aziz, man, take off that hat with your bald head, and he will laugh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but I don't know if I yeah. really pushed the button, Aziz, until Aziz mm-hmm. tells me that I pushed the button. Matter of fact, we speak about True. normalizing shit. Let's normalize you saying that, yo, my nigga, that shit hurt. Yeah. You just mm-hmm. you just bruised my mm-hmm. fucking ego with that shit. That's good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Let's normalize that. That's good, bro. Mm-hmm. Because I got two or three guy friends who I would say some off-the-wall shit. I mean, yeah, well, if mm-hmm. you're listening, I mean, if, and anybody who knows me just know that, you know, there are, there are days when, you know, I just say how what I see and what I'm thinking. I don't filter it not mean any harm or anything you know i'm just cracking my jokes you know what i mean but there's some people that can't really talk like that around them because they're so sensitive to a to, you know to a fault and these are guys you right know? so i have to watch how i move around them and i appreciated the fact that they're like yo my dude please please bro your comments are really mm-hmm. irritating me you know what i mean I'm like, oh my bad damn <laughs> you know what i'm saying i'm like yo my bad so i just know yeah. not to play with them on that level or not to say some off the wall mm-hmm. shit around them on that level. And mm-hmm. I can also now sense when they are serious about something or when they're just chilling, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. in all of these two, the same way as like Joe, you said, right? The intentions mm-hmm. you will put to want to know a woman, 
should be the same intentions you should put in your guy friendships too as well as a guy mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. and just hearing you say that it, it it brings to mind this idea that if if we make the mistake of not checking that person in that instance it's also letting the opportunity to have a better relationship go by right so when your friend is you know telling you hey don't do this it might actually be because they want to maintain a good relationship with you rather than you know like you were alluding to earlier where people just make acquaintances cancel or make acquaintances and cancel because especially with age we don't it's it's kind of like we don't have time to do that but we also uh, we miss out on what could come of those relationships, right? Like you never know who you're going to come across and what that person, what kind of value that person could add to your life. Right. Yeah. But uh, I just want to segue a little bit um, uh, into this whole sort of confrontation vibe. I wonder if also, do you think we take enough time maybe as guys individually or whether it's amongst us helping each other to confront past traumas that might be holding back our own personal development. Cause that's a whole nother factor too. And I'll, I'll, I'll preface that by giving this example. Um, recently I had a, a little mini fallout with somebody. Um, and I realized that it was a scenario that I had been through before in the past, but I had not taken the time to really confront the mistakes that I had made, you know, previously. Um, in order to not make the same mistakes in this particular situation. And it really made me realize that it's one thing to say, you know, time heals all wounds or whatever, but sometimes you need to actually take an active part in your own healing process. Um, And I wonder if we kind of limit ourselves by sort of glossing over that as men sometimes. What do you think? Yes, I agree, bro. Mm -hmm. Completely. I think um, one of the things that I do frequently at times is true. I go back into history and I kind of visit certain stages in my life. Certain stages were so, they were so, so the nostalgia from those stages kind of like propels me to even new heights in today where I am today. But in understanding all of that, I also understand the parts that didn't find so pleasurable. And uh, that kind of either holds me back or it propels me in a different way as well. So it's how it all plays out, but it's all relative. And I think you have to know where, you're, know where you've been, know where you're going. And that's where that past trauma comes in for me. I really think that coming into a conversation with a dude, right? With a guy, right? I really feel like if we put our egos to the side and just come in to have a conversation to understand and push each other to greater heights, I really think that we as men can do it and even do it greater. But the minute I say, for example, yo, Joe, you are a smart dude. I don't know what the heck you're still doing there. Why are you so comfortable? What is it about mm-hmm. that thing that you stuck on there? What is it about it that makes you stay there? Come on, bro. You better than this. Nine out of ten times, Joe might take a sit back and be like, what the fuck this nigga think he is talking to me like this, <laughs> right? <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like, if your mom or dad talks you, to talks you like that, you're not really, I mean, you, you're going to get a little bit mad, but not all the way the way another guy is going to talk to you, right? Why can't we see that, yo, sometimes too, our peers want the best of us? 
Mm. Right? They could be seeing something that you yourself, you're not seeing. For example, you might be hoeing your way through the world, but you're not seeing that, yo, there was money to be made there. Somebody was like, yo, son, you missed that bag right there. But you're so focused yeah. on hoeing that you never seen what dude is saying. You know what I mean? You, yeah. It's like, oh, now nah, they're challenging you or something. So, how, how, you know what? I have a better question, man. How can we approach mm-hmm. each other to have better conversations? Mm-hmm. I say be authentic, right? I think um, you made the point because what I got from what you were saying was that uh, life team sport. And even if we use like as an analogy, right? Let's look at basketball. Basketball, you know, with the championship has a star player, but they have a bunch of role players that accept their role, right? So the role players in your life, seatbelts that actually hold you accountable and go out of their way to tell you the truth and if it's uncomfortable to hear. And until we get to that place where we can have those people tell us the truth, even if it's uncomfortable and can accept it and make the changes, we're going to have the same conversation and the same results. So how do we how do we approach that? We just be authentic, right? I'm always going to be me regardless. I don't know anybody else know how to do anything. I don't know how to act. So if I'm telling you this, it's always coming from a good place, even if you might not hear it that way. And I have to be sensitive to you as you said earlier, right? Because I can say certain things in a certain way that, that might get lost in relation based on how I said it and based on how your day is going. So it's just having an understanding, uh, being authentic, and then going from there, right? It's not, Rome wasn't built in a day, and sometimes it's not just one conversation that needs to happen that's going to make that catalyst, give that person that catalyst to make that change. So that's okay, too. But if you care about a person, you're enough to see their growth, and you're willing to do whatever you need, make sure they do. So it might take a few attempts. What do you think, Joe? Um, I, think for, I think for me, um, you couldn't, couldn't really have said it better. Um, that authenticity will breed the sort of honesty that's needed and I think also what comes with being authentic is different perspectives. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, th- there's so much stability and assuredness when someone is their authentic self. Like, if, you know, every time we get onto this podcast, we know what we're expecting from the other person. That's kind of why there's a, you know, there's a flow the way it is. Um, and the different perspectives also that we know are going to be consistent. So I think, you know, with that authenticity, there has to be that level of, of uh, honesty and, and um, your own individual perspective. And I think from there, you know, if we really don't, I mean, it ultimately, there's an element of it where it has to be, um, you have to be truthful about wanting to help someone. And when you do that, it'll come through in your authenticity. Um, lastly, um, and just to, you know, kind of piggyback off that, talked about, you know, being authentic and, and, Ultimately, it comes down to what we will say and where that those words are coming from. Do you think <clears throat> that we? Do you think that there's a, a need for us to mince our words when we have those kind of conversations, or um, to just kind of go at it unfiltered? Um, I know we spoke about you know people having different ways of handling stuff, but sometimes you could argue there comes a moment where even if someone might not be able to handle something, they need to hear it so that they can adapt and learn to take those things and grow from there. You know, like being intentional in relationships, um, not just man, woman, but man to man relationships is 
being cognizant of the fact that everybody got feelings and emotions, right? So mm-hmm. let's say, and I like using examples. So let's say that we all right here, you know, we best of buddies and stuff and we do things every single day alike, right? Or not even alike. Um, if I've never had a conversation with you, Joe, on something real or as is, there's no reason why I'll just come in that very first conversation and just start firing you with all these different things. You know, I have to, first of all, approach you in a very soft manner just to see really what, how you react to a little bit of pressure, right? From your peer, just to see that. And then once I see how you react to that, turn up the heat a little bit, turn up the heat a little bit. At some point you get to a point where you're like, oh, now you know what? Our relationship has morphed to this to the to, to this point in time when I feel like I can tell you X, Y, and Z without feeling some type of way, you know, or without you feeling some type of way. Because at this point in time, you already know how I go, how I talk, how I go about things, and also know how you talk and how you go about things. But when it really comes down to it, that conversation just gotta be had, man. Sugarcoating it does not make it better. Mm-hmm. I would rather just say it. And if you want to stop talking to me, be my guest. It's not like you giving me oxygen or food or water to drink or the breath I'm taking. It's not like you're giving me that. You know what I'm saying? So you can either see the good in it or just take it the way you take it and move on. Because I'll move on too and that's life. That's just life. Not everybody, not everybody that you started with, you end with. Some people you'll drop along the way or they'll drop you along the way. And that's just life. It's a jungle out here, man. Aziz, what do you say to that? Man, he kind of took me on a, a different mental twist with some of the things he's saying. I started thinking about something. So you got you to gotta reiterate. Uh, the, the, <laughs> I get where Aziz went. I think I know where you went. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, it's all good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build on that because he segued into the next point I want to talk about is how do you think we can better develop our EQ in order to be more sensitive to those feelings and sort of be able to navigate those conversations progressively. Um, so I'll, I'll just be completely candid. Right? I think mm-hmm. like everything isn't for everybody, just like everybody isn't for everybody. Right. So mm-hmm. just specific people that for whatever reason, they just don't mesh in, in whatever setting. So trying to force that just because we want to do the kumbaya and let's all get along thing will never work, right? But for people that actually understand each other and have a common language, right? They speak a common language of how they operate, how they do things, et cetera, et cetera. I think the easiest way to go about it is authenticity, man. I think nobody's ever going to be mad at you for being yourself. They may be mad at what you said because you were yourself, but nobody will ever be mad if you're yourself, right? But if people can sense that you're not you're not being who you really are and you're fake, they're always going to be mad at that. So mm-hmm. I got a good brother, he always says, his name's uh, Bob, so he always say, man, I'd rather tell you the truth and you hate me than lie to you and you love me. And that's really what I live with you, man. Let's just keep it 100. And whatever happens, I let it happen because it was supposed to at that point. Big fact. Yeah, I, def- I definitely agree with that. I mean, it's it's a case where, and I'm glad that you stated it, where, you know, not everybody's for everybody. Um, because, you know, again, we waste a lot of time by, I, I think we waste a lot of time, especially where people are not their authentic self. 
because we presume that because they're, you know, kind of side by side with us, that they're there for the same purpose that we're there for. Um, and no matter how we flip it, like you said, if their authentic self is hidden, uh, we can be, you know, shooting blank bullets, so to speak, um, trying to uh, have them uh, get up to the level where we think that they're going. Um, mm. So you definitely hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah, bro. And, and so, and just to just off that about authenticity, right? Like one thing I love hearing when people are like, he's right. Well, we thought he was like a guy, and then he's like a guy. No, I'm both guys. That's me. That's me, right? I mean, that's my experience, right? <laughs> I'm going to be whoever I want to be when I want to be that person. It doesn't take away the side. This means that you didn't understand who I was. So now that you do accept that and don't try to force me or put me in that box to be this guy yep. and tell me they do. Preach, nigga, preach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's just a real life example. Everybody got something to say. They want to see you in a certain light because actually it kind of scares them when you actually go outside that normal box that they put you in. Yep. In actuality, you really need to just accept who they really are because not only will it improve your relationship with that person, improve your life because it gives you permission subconsciously to unlock whatever it is that you put yourself in a box. Mm. Yep, man, <laughs> that's a good point. But I want to close like this though. What is the worst and best thing about being a man, male, boy, with a dick? Wow. <laughs> I'm going to let you start off first. Uh, so the worst thing, the worst thing about being a black man, um, a lot of times we don't have this of a generational inheritance. So we have to work for a lot of what we're doing from the gate and our counterparts get the benefit of out and they get the resources that come with it. The best part is that we're always underestimated and we always get to prove people wrong. It is a very tough question. That That's probably more open-ended than a lot of the ones that I've asked. Um, so I'm probably going to, you know, freestyle a little bit and hope that I'll change it uh, as time goes on um, in actuality. But I think the, the worst thing for me is uh, somewhere along the lines of that being underestimated in the sense that uh, sometimes people don't think that we can actually have emotions, that we can express ourselves emotionally, that we have EQ, that we can be nurturing and caring just like you know women can be. Um, I think the best thing um, has to do that we have uh, an untapped capability to do both, right? To be the man that people expect us to be, but also be the men um, that they could have uh, thought was almost impossible, right? Um, so to uh, outdo expectations, um, if we really put our minds to it, um, walk with the purpose, have a vision, work collectively, and do things in a positive manner that doesn't have to be destructive, like people, you know, sometimes negatively assume. Damn, you just you just you just stole my first answer, bro. So I gotta side <laughs> with you on that one, man. I think I think we we definitely. Um, underestimated when it comes to our emotions um just because mm -hmm. that we choose to not show it does not mean that we don't have it you know mm -hmm. and i and also feel like if a man is not really showing you the that much of affection affection or whatever that you seek then i think you really need to have that conversation with them about that because every man has mm -hmm. that in them 
You know, um, every man do has that in them. The best thing about being a man is um, I can adapt to any weather. Um, I can be anything I want to be at any given point in time, right? If I so be it, um, I can decide today that I want to climb that that building over there, and you and I might do it a lot better than a woman might, right? Type of thing. So I think that that flexibility of the amount of things I can do will be the best thing about a man. And most of all, man, I don't have to sit to pee. Huh? <laughs> I got a good one. Now that I've been thinking about it. So another worst is um the unrealistic expectation that comes with manhood because everybody has yes. expectation about what a man should be, even if they're not a man. The best thing is when a man locks his full potential and you can actually see him operating at his maximum capacity because then he's truly at peace and everybody around him, he's an asset to. Definitely. I think that we should think more on this and then use this as an icebreaker for our next recording. Yeah. That would be so yeah. dope. But with that said, man, I really do appreciate you guys. Um, kudos to you, Joe, for bringing up these topics and as is too for, you know, chiming in as usual. Sure, bros. Appreciate you. Know I mean, no doubt, no doubt. All of us. Appreciate, you know, you guys listening to us on a weekly basis. Um, even though sometimes we rumble, sometimes we, you know, say some smart shit. Sometimes we don't. But still appreciate you, you know, taking the time out to listen to us. It means a lot to us. Um, like us again on all social media. Subscribe. If you're not, share this episode with your aunties, your uncles, your exes, your exes ex, or the ones that they're in right now. Either way, just share it, you know, so they could listen to. Share it with your Valentine. Right. <laughs> Right, right. You know what I mean? Happy Valentine's Day. Wait, I think we'll have another recording before that, right? So, I think, yeah, Happy Valentine's will come later. We'll probably have a Valentine's special. We'll probably recap on our Valentine's dates that we've had before. That would be super dope. It's going to be an emotional ride. That would be super dope, right? But anyways, man. <laughs> Listen, man, this is Bound One Central, and we are out. Hey, you Abdul, you know it's a sunshine in our state and West Africa in this continent year round. We don't ever worry about none, homie. <laughs> Turn up. Turn up.
the fire now. 